0: All folks, it is Tuesday. That means it's time for The Three Amigos. We do this show even if we are traveling, so not in my normal studio, uh, but hopefully you, we will make do. Dion, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing marvelous. I'm in Ventura, California, where I, there is a surprisingly uh, lack of homelessness. That I, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, they all moved to San Francisco. San Francisco yeah. invites them and they just bust them up.
2: Uh, but Matt, how are you? It's kind of funny. I'm doing great. I mean, but we've got Dion in California, and we got, and we got Mike in Vegas. Like what (laughs) What is going on on here? What is going on? You guys are just changing stuff for the sake of change. Yeah. Yeah. But let's not forget you're still working. I am. Absolutely. That's why I was late today too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. hundred percent.
0: Well, Hey, uh, I want to talk about, um, you know, something Dion sent to the both of us, Matt. And that is a chart comparing 1971 to uh, 1922, I think, or maybe 23, basically about the middle class, lower, middle, upper. Uh, But really what I want to do is I'm going to bring this up because I took that image and I put it out on Twitter. And I did because when you look at the chart, one of three reactions will happen. If you are a doomer, you are going to say the middle class is shrinking 20%. Mm -hmm. If you are an ultimate doomer, you're going to say uh, the lower class grew. However, I believe if you look at the situation and acknowledge it, you're going to go, wow, the upper class increased 50%. So, uh, Matt, I don't know. I know you were working, so maybe you didn't have a chance to check your phone. Did you see the uh, image I'm referring to? Uh, I can I can look up the image that you're. It's okay. To. You you don't have to. I will bring no, it up I, on I Twitter okay. just for you. Yep. Here you go. Here it's coming, folks. And every, follow me on Twitter. It's one rental at a time. So Matt, here is the image right here. It says shares of adult in the U.S. middle classes decreased considerably since 1971. So it went from 61 percent to 50. So I'm going to call that an almost 20 percent collapse.
1: Yep. So what I like. As the person who put the charge together, why I send it to you, even the the verbiage that they use to put this information together is to direct you that the middle class is decreased. Like this is a negative way of saying it, even though it's almost, you know, twice as many people and there are in the upper class of earners in that same amount of time.
0: Yeah, that is that is my takeaway. Again, I, I looked at the chart and I'm like, well, uh, what did that 50% growth in upper income do? That's where I would, that's where my brain went. But yeah, there's a lot of doomers out there. And again, negative negativity works. Uh, so a lot of people will, will focus on the fact that the middle class dropped 20% instead of the upper income
2: increasing 50%. It's the dumb money. It's the dumb money. <laughs> it is, it's the dumb money. Yeah, how to demonetize a channel. Sorry, in three, two, one. It's the dumb money. That's what it is. It's at the end of the day, it's people that recognize that assets and cash-flowing assets create wealth. That has never been more awakened in society than it is right now. And the other difference is lazy and stupid reigns the day. Yeah. Lazy and stupid reigns the day. And so what that does is that pulls society down into the toilet. And so while you see the people that have taken the opportunities or created the opportunities for themselves. What is that turned into? It's turned into that level, that class of income earner has almost doubled. And really what that means is people recognize that I can create my own opportunities. I can go buy cash flowing assets. I can have side hustles and I can do all of these things that I want to be able to do And that that's going to give me a lifestyle that I will better enjoy where I can travel to Las Vegas and I can travel to, um, I don't even know where that is in California, but the fact of the matter is, is that that's, those are the facts. And you know what, if you, if you look at that chart and you see a problem, you're part of the
1: problem. Yeah.
0: I wanna switch this up to another concept that I put out on Twitter. Again, follow me on Twitter, one rental at a time. That is the the number one instead of the word because of uh, Twitter's limitation on characters. I wanna ask you two guys, what if inflation is a feature, not a bug? If you believe that, which I certainly do, I believe it tells you exactly what to do. You can either complain Or you can acknowledge that inflation is the rule and act accordingly. So if I told you that inflation was the rule, uh, not a bug, what would you think? We'll go to Dion first.
1: Well, it's almost like there's a shirt that says I used inflation to get rich. (laughs) How? I... And that's a concept it's really hard to explain when I'm talking to somebody who, you know, doesn't watch my content, doesn't know what we do, um, says things like, I'm really glad I'm not in your shoes because you have all those rentals (laughs) and your interest rates have doubled in the last year, right? Like thinking, thinking, that's how the interest rates work. So I I tend to not really talk finances with the people that see the world that way. But inflation makes you rich when you own the thing that appreciates because of inflation. It takes yeah. more dollars to buy the asset. There's been a couple of changes from 1971 to 1921. And inflation is huge. You know, in 1971, we, we went off the dollar standard,
0: gold standard.
1: Uh, or the gold, yeah, the dollar went off the gold standard. So we have the fiat money now. So inflation started to take off. So people who had um, started investing in uh, appreciating assets, we started in the 70s having two income households we added the 30 year mortgage at a larger scale than at any point, but prior to that, and a lot of people's uh, wealth is tied up in their home. And, and while we're talking to people who want to invest in rentals and, and Michelle Meyer pointed this out the other day, she, she asked asked the question, what happens if everybody buys rentals? And I thought, okay, well, yeah, that, that could be a problem. But if you look at how many people watch our content, you know, we get two to 10,000 views on a video, And you make a a chess video, go to Gotham Chess, check it out. They get 700,000 views in 20 hours on a chess move. So I don't think we have a concern of people ever on a large scale owning rentals, right? But so for the average person, not the people watching this content, that the 401k program, a large uh, um, component of people's wealth is in their retirement accounts. It's in their primary home that aren't investing in real estate. So I think even people making... And to use Matt's term, the dumb choices of match, maxing out your retirement accounts, trying to pay off your house, that even people doing those dumb things are more likely to be wealthy now than they were in the '70s. Uh, and then you take people who who add YouTube University to their mix, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and you realize that oh, there's there's other ways to invest outside of a retirement account that can produce cash flow and appreciation and get principal pay down, where there's tax incentives. To make you want to do this, and you're gonna see that that upper income class grow more.
2: Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Oh here's what I think about the matter. At the end of the day, hate the player or hate the game. Mm. You want to sit there and you want to bitch about the game. Oh, it's unfair for them. Oh, they have an advantage. Hey, you know what, dummy? Get go get an advantage. Go get an advantage. You know, I'm a six foot one fat white guy. You know, there were a lot of things that weren't open to me like any professional sports career ever. So, yeah, at and, the and end, I think you,
0: you think you failed a six foot one fat guy ninth grade dropout. Ninth
2: grade dropout. Like, I'm, I am, I am a, a full house of horrible and bad on paper. I suck on paper. Now, at the end of the day, I had de- Understand what the game was. And once you understand what the game is and then you understand how to play it, then you do it. These malcontent whiners that want to sit on social media and do nothing but bitch and complain, they aren't even has-beens. They're never will-be's. You are never will-be's. It's never going to happen for you until you you decide to say, this is what the game is. Recognize it. You want to change the game? Go for it. Knock yourself out. Spend your entire life, you know, literally hissing in the wind, enjoy the, enjoy the opportunity. Because at the end of the day, for me, it's recognizing opportunity, recognizing the pattern in those opportunities, and then maximizing the most that I can get out of the situation. That's what I have to do. And so I don't begrudge anybody's success when they find a niche and then that blows up for them. And then they make $10 million. I'm like, holy crap, I wish I thought of that. That's awesome. Yeah. And that happens all the time watch one episode of shark tank. It usually happens at least twice an episode. So I think at the end of the day, it's don't hate the players hate the game. I wish there were a sport that rewarded me for being a six foot one fat white guy. There is not, there is not one of those. And I love sports, but none of them can I do to an elite level. So spend your time wasting your life, wasting your energy, wasting your feelings, wasting brain cycles on the fact that the game is unfair. No, it's not unfair. You just haven't figured out how, what, how the game works and how it, and, and if you figure out how it works, all of a sudden you're going to be like, oh my word, I, I, I can be rich. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the examples
0: or starting points. Just so people realize you don't have to save 25, 30% to get started. Both of you uh, chose to do house hacking uh, to really, you know, turbocharge your uh, journey. And again, you can get into a house hack with 0% down at VA, 3.5% down conventional. So again, lots of ways to get in and again, live for free or live for very little. Uh, and in many cases, if it's a fourplex, maybe even get paid to live there. There is probably no better way. Uh, Matt, you you have championed, and we don't talk about it enough the 4321 strategy buy a fourplex first, then do a try, then do a duplex, then do a house. You're at 10 units and you've done nothing but buy owner buy, occupant homes. That's it. One of the stories in my second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires, is actually Meet Kevin. And it's not Meet Kevin that we know today, it's Meet Kevin. 15 years ago when he's buying a a home in Southern California with his wife and a 203 Caleb. Again, it is possible to buy junker homes and get them financed. It can be done. Sure. Um, so again, there's, there's lots of ways to get in this game. Uh, and then yesterday I was again, on a long drive to Vegas over eight hours. I listened to Ken McElroy and his wife talk about real estate and and Ken, unfortunately, uh, was unaware of, of another loophole, uh, you can live in your home for 2 years uh-huh. two of the last five and you could sell it tax free no capital gains that that yep. appeared to flummox ken yesterday uh, there is talk of that doubling to 500 and a million whether single or 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 married uh, i know people who choose to buy fixer uppers in expensive areas and that's all they do for a living uh-huh. is they live in a, they do live in flips every 2 years uh-huh. So, again, you can you can bitch about the game or you can learn the rules. Uh-huh. There are plenty of ways to get started. They're, none of them are easy. They all take sacrifice. I go back to Anna Kelly, who's living the life in Texas with a big-ass house, two kids, and her best financial move was selling the big house, moving and buying a fourplex, living in an upstairs unit while she was pregnant with her third this, this woman's done amazing things and she credits that as her best financial decision. So you can either whine about the game or figure out the rules because the rules work for everyone, whether you're a six foot one fat guy, drop ninth grade, dropout, or a tech worker, they, they work. So uh, Dion, uh, any closing thoughts and where can people find you?
1: Yeah. A couple of thoughts really quick. I, I listened to that Ken McElroy and Daniil video yesterday too. Uh, and I, I really like their dynamic because, you know, he's he's a genius, I think, in my opinion, when it comes to multifamily, large scale investing. He's been doing it for decades, knows what he's doing. But like that um, video where somebody asked Bill Gates, how much does a pair of shorts cost? And he literally couldn't tell you. He's so detached. Ken's kind of detached from not knowing what the IRS 121 rule even is. You know, he's not built his wealth that way. Mindy Jensen from Bigger Pockets that's her primary strategy. She doesn't even invest for rentals that I know of. What she does is buys a house does the birth strategy over more than two years while she lives in it sells it her and her spouse take the gains invest in the stock market buy the next house live there for two years she was currently in one about a year ago we did a video together so there are people that are using that to build their wealth without ever actually owning rentals and on that same video they talked about winning the lottery and whether you would take a disbursement yeah. or the and the annuity right for 20 years and ken has he still has because it didn't come up in the video no clue that if you take it all at once you give up 50 percent of the winnings like that's just a concept that he doesn't even have to think about because he put his money to work in a strategy that worked for him so he knows that strategy so you really have to be careful when you're getting your advice for what you want to invest in that it comes from somebody Who's done the same thing that you're trying to do? and that and this this video talking about how the middle class is shrinking and and Matt mentions how there's there's haters and people who are jealous and instead of taking action and learning the game and learning how to play better in the game, they sit back and complain about the game. That doesn't go away even for wealthy people. Yeah. I, I have some friends. Their um, annual revenue is about nine million dollars. They live in a three million dollar mansion, to my taste. that's a mansion in Florida. It's just a big house to them. And we were, I was at their house one time and it was either Bezos or Musk came up on their 72 inch tiny little TV above their fireplace. And the, the, the spouse, she sat back and she goes, nobody should have that much money. And I thought that's probably what 95% of the country thinks of you exactly. talking, right? So that doesn't yeah. go away just because you become wealthy. There are some people who just kind of don't get that you have to play in the game. Yeah. And you can find me right here on YouTube going to talk financial freedom.
0: And the other thing about that uh, Ken and Danielle interview that I thought was wonderful, I, I wish they would have said it, but Ken was talking about his sister, I believe, who's a teacher, basically doing one rental at a time and how genius it was. I'm like, my goodness, folks, we've got to get one rental at a time on the Ken McElroy show. Leave them a note, tell them I have filled out their online application. So you can reference that. Uh, I did that this morning.
1: And when you get on there, that's how Daniil did it. She's at her third rental. She's just doing it one rental at a time. They got married a couple of years ago. So it's not like she's been married to him for 20 years and he built his portfolio. It's they got together, probably somehow met through real estate.
0: Yeah, very
2: cool. And Matt, uh, closing thoughts on how they find you? Yeah, so respect to Ken. I mean, what he did in large multifamily is awesome. And he should never talk about small multifamily. He's not looking good. He's completely out of his depth and all he does is come across as the guy who doesn't know what he's talking about because he yeah. just doesn't. And at the end so of the
0: day, he hasn't, he hasn't looked at a single family home in 20 years. It has at even, least
2: it's yeah. It, longer, longer. You know, there was a gas crisis was the last time he looked at a single family home. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah, the okay. fact of the matter is is that Ken's a really sharp investor. He's really good at what he does. And PS, by the way, Seems like all these large multifamily guys are starting to jump on small multifamily and uh, single family. I saw that. I saw that. Grant Cardone and Pace Morby hanging out. And Grant's like, wait a second, what? Wait a second, huh? And it's like, (laughs) he's like, I want to do like 500 of those. Well, yeah, of course you do, Grant, because bigger (laughs) isn't always better. And enjoy your 7% debt on your 300 unit properties. So at the end of the day it's proof that not one strategy always works every single time. What it is proof is that you want to find experts in that strategy. If I want to buy large multifamily, I'd actually listen to Ken. I can't yeah. listen to him. I would I like Grant because he's entertaining and he says lots of funny stuff. Um <laughs> and, but I like Grant. But you know, but then you look at, you know, Cody and Christian and what they're doing. Like yeah. they continue to acquire larger multifamily assets, and they're doing it with seller-based financing. They're doing it their way. And I think, again, you look at what people are doing and very often, if you want the outcomes that they had, you need to do the things that they did in the way that they did them. And if you're following somebody like that, like my whole course is basically nine and a half hours of teaching people, Hey, these are all the things I screwed up in the last 20 years. And here's how I fix them all. And now you don't have to do it. I always like learning lessons from other people because it costs me a lot less money. So Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube and Instagram, 11.30 a.m. Eastern time every Sunday is my live stream where we talk about all that stuff and I answer questions. There you go. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thanks, Mike.